Hey everybody, it's me, Evgeny. Before we start today's interview, I want to let you know about an event later this year, which, if you're into this podcast, will be right up your alley. It's called Data Center World, and it's scheduled for August 16th in Orlando, Florida. Data Center World is the leading conference and expo for data center and IT infrastructure professionals. It's the only industry event that delivers exclusive state-of-the-data-center research findings, in-depth workshops, 50-plus conference sessions, keynotes from industry luminaries, the largest offering of data center technology solutions, and unlimited networking opportunities. Find out more about the event and register at www.datacenterworld.com. That's www.datacenterworld.com. Hope to see you there. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Data Center Podcast. This is Yevgeny. I am Editor-in-Chief at Data Center Knowledge. We have with us today Alex Rebetz. He's a Managing Director at the European Data Center Association. Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. Maybe we can start with uh, with you telling us a little bit about yourself, Alex. So you used to run a, a co-location provider in the UK, right? And today you have a, a small business consulting firm in addition to your work at EU DCA. Um, how did you get into how did you get into the data center business? Um, well, I'm afraid I'm about 300 years old and I've been in it forever. Um, <clears throat> so I started uh, way back in the uh, very early 90s working for a large UK consultancy. Um, and I worked in a division which was then known as Intelligent Buildings. Um, so this is really before data centers themselves were were seen as data centers as it were um you know this was this was corporate mainframes and and that kind of thing um and then gradually over time obviously data centers came along well first of all carrier hotels came along of course and then converted themselves very much into co-location facilities um i was by then consulting around those facilities um in fact i set up my first consulting firm or actually it was yeah, it was my first consulting firm um, back in 2000 um, when um, an awful lot of data centers were going into Chapter 11. Um, and I thought that they would want to move people, their, their customers want to move out of them into more stable facilities. So I set up a consultancy specifically around migrating data centers. But um, in actual fact, that never happened. Um, so, uh, so that was probably a flawed business idea. Uh, but we ended up giving uh, consultancy around data centers for a number of years before Finally, I took the plunge and actually set up the co-location uh, company, uh, which, as you say, I ran for several years. Then I left, exited that, um, and now I provide consultancy around data centers and data center environments to quite a lot of uh, co-location companies around Europe and even beyond. And and what's it like being a UK-based managing director of a European Union organization these days? An MD in exile, if you will. Challenging. Um, so, so um, yeah, it's the the European Data Centre Association was set up, and we are geographically European, not politically European. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, so it was set up in two thousand and twelve. Um, we've been going going pretty strong ever since. But yeah, I do get the odds the odd jibe from from my European colleagues that that you know the UK is no longer part of the political Europe. We are geographically European, so uh, I'm, I'm very much you know a lot of the major operators have have um, operations in the UK anyway. So it's you know it's 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 still a very key market. Okay, well let's get to the, the meat of the matter here. Um, in March last year, BBC Three put out a documentary called "Dirty Streaming: The Internet's Big Secret," and it talked about the data center energy consumption associated with 
video streaming with the aim supposedly being to inform people that you know Netflix or YouTube aren't totally harmless. Um, it was similar to other stories that pop up in general audience press every once in a while. They typically um, they're they're typically pretty alarmist and they often exaggerate the size of the problem. Um, did you see the documentary? I, I didn't actually see that one, but but I'm but I'm very very familiar with the with the whole sort of uh, you know we'll point our finger at data centers and tell that tell everybody how bad they are kind of story. So so when that came out, um, I'm just curious what was the reaction um, in Europe, kind of in the industry. Um, there was none in the US, as far as I'm aware, other than oh wow, you know they're at it again. No, I mean it it it, it, it I think within the industry and within Europe, we really. Because there's so many of these um, sort of things come out in the papers or on television or, or, or you know through other media saying that we're that we're bad. I think the industry has got to the point where it's it's sort of trying to uh, almost trying to uh, defend itself um, as being as being a victim. Whereas in actual fact, I think that's the wrong approach, and I think that the industry should be going out there and saying, "Hey, actually, we're really good for the environment, and we're not you know we're not the villains here. We're actually saving CO two. We're not we're not we're not using it and, and creating it. And, and saviors being you know re- replacing kind of physical things like travel or paper. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I often use the example, and I, I guess just because I can. So you <clears throat> you want to go and buy the latest Ed Sheeran CD. Somebody's got to go and dig some minerals out of the ground and transport them and make them into plastics, which uses energy. They've got to go and get more minerals, make more plastics for wrapping. They've got to ship that plastic to somewhere to get it printed as a CD. They've got to wrap it. They've got to dis- take it to a distribution center. The distribution center is going to send it to my local shop. I'll get in my car, go and buy it. Or I download it from the internet. Now, you tell me which is better for the environment. And, and you can apply that same logic, not just to, to obviously, not just to CDs, but to almost anything from automotive to food to um, <clears throat> almost any aspect of life. In actual fact, having a data center doing something that, that, that eliminates the need for physical activity and physically extracting you know, valuable resources is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, and that, that's a valid argument and... Um, it's 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 a strong one, but but I think I think the concern about energy use of data centers is is also valid, right? It's especially the growth of it. So the the latest kind of most reliable figure we have assessment is one percent of the energy that's consumed globally is consumed by data centers, and that's a um, um, that's a U.S. Department of Energy estimate. Mm-hmm. So and and so the, yeah, that's a significant point. Yeah, that's and, that's a very valid point to make. Yeah, and 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 it's the, it's the growth really because there's there's all this growth happening, all these data centers because these digital services are growing and everybody loves them and we want more of them and there's you know technology is marching forward and it needs all this infrastructure to to support all this great stuff. So it's a valid concern. So in January, um. EU DCA. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Is there like a, no, a, a, a UDCA or a... Um, no, EU DCA. It's EU DCA. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure. So, and, and so uh, EU DCA introduced the EU Carbon Neutral Data Center Pact. And that's a list of sustainability commitments signed by many data center operators, including some hyperscalers, not all of them, some of them, and all the large data center providers, um, Interaction, now part of Digital Realty, Equinix, Cyrus One, et cetera. 
Mm-hmm. And this this pack, the way I saw it, you know, and you guys have been, I think, pretty um, open about that. It's it was a way to preempt regulation of the data center industry um, from the energy energy wise. Uh, by uh, so this the EU government has been considering this um, legislating kind of energy consumption of data centers and kind of putting a, some kind of a lib, lid on it um, since sometime in 2019, maybe earlier, but at least this latest push. Um, how was the idea to create the pact conceived. Can you tell us that story? Okay, so so first of all, you know, you're absolutely right. We're completely open about it. You know, if we don't self-regulate, they will. Um, it's that straightforward. Um, <clears throat> and we recognize that. We work, we work quite closely at a European level with the Commission, and we're, you know, we're we're looking at, at all sorts of legislation that they're drafting, they're thinking about. Um, and we try, if there's a data set, there's an impact on data sets, we try to ensure that the right message is given to them about that, whatever it may be that they're legislating. Now, Europe, has, as, it, as I'm sure you know, has a very strong green t- uh, target at the moment, and they are specifically targeting companies like data centers um, and saying, well, look, you are huge users of power. And it's, that, that's, that's, you know, inarguable. It's, we are huge users of power. Um, and that power... Um, you know, is is not always managed as well as it could be, and that's also true of our, of our industry. You know, I mean, I know, you know, many data centres that that use huge amounts of power and then spew it out into the spew the heat out of the atmosphere and don't do anything with it. You can do much better than that. Um, and so this is this was really what what was the catalyst for for the climate neutral data centre pack was was we you know we we don't want to be regulated against because regulators generally don't understand our complex industry. They don't understand what a data center is. They don't understand how it works or what it does or what the, what even the, the, the world's reliance on them is, is, is right now. Um, so we don't want to be regulated against. But if we don't want to be regulated against, we've got to come up with something that's pretty convincing that says we're going to put our house in order. Um, and, and that's something which, which we've been trying to do and we are trying, doing, but the Climate Neutral Data Center Pact allows us to specifically target certain things that will, that will ultimately... Um, mean that we are greener, we are better, um, and that we've met the targets that the Europeans want. Mm-hmm. And how did you find out that um, that there was serious consideration of regulating data center energy? I, I would again, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a particularly well kept secret. Um, I, I, the, so in, in in Europe, we have this thing called the uh, EU Code of Conduct for for data centers, which is a which is sponsored by the EU. It's part of the EU JRC and Joint Research Committee. Um, that it's always been muted, not by not by um, I should say not by the Europeans, but, but 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 within the industry. Oh, is that going to become law? Is that going to become law? So that's been being talked about for about ten years. Um, but what it what what became obvious was that 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 the regulators had started to look in the direction of data centres because we are huge users of power, um, you know. And you have to bear in mind that that where where. Um, we, whilst we are, you know, big users of power, we're not considered as a heavy industry. So um, they were sort of started to look and say, well, what, what are these things doing? You know, why are they using so much power? And they're not even industrial. Um, so um, you know, we we knew what was coming, um, and that was that was fairly obvious. Um, so it was a question. A question. It was a question in, in many ways of preempting what was what would inevitably happen if we didn't. Um, fortunately, the the um, European Commission are happy with what we what we suggested we were going to do, um, and as long as we stick to it, uh, then I think that you know we're we're, we're a pretty pretty happy partnership. Were they the regulators? Were they looking to just take the code of conduct conduct? Um, so were they looking to just 
take that and make that law as opposed to figuring out a new that, set of laws and thinking through that was the the fear was that we take they take the EU code of conduct and make it and just translate translate that into law that was one fear um because the EU code of conduct i mean it's a great tool don't misunderstand it's got some great things in it um but it isn't necessarily going to one size fits all there's parts of the EU code of conduct that fit certain environments and parts that fit that fits others so we that that was one that was one fear but another a real real fear was was that a bunch of people who don't understand what a data center is but have this green agenda and and see us as being the pariahs of the, of the world because we're using lots and lots of power and and you know using spewing the heat out of the atmosphere and we're not doing anything about it and we but we're not producing anything we're not industrial we don't produce a, a product um, and the, and the great fear was that these guys were going to say, "Oh, right, we're going to we're going to legislate. We're going to actually get out there, and we're going to make rules around these data centers and how they can operate and how their energy works, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera." And that that could have been catastrophic uh, for the industry because, yes, you, you mentioned earlier the the the, the rise in demand for for um, data centers and the, and the growth in the, of the industry, which is absolutely right, um, but that growth is driven by really by by, by you know, demand for the services that we provide um, because we live in a digital world. Um, you know, we can't go back to where we were. We can't. We can't ever revert to to the world that we had pre data centres because we've thrown everything away. You know, we need data centres to run our hospitals. We need it for our food. We need it for our shopping. We need it for our transport systems. We need data centres for absolutely everything we do in life because we've thrown all the rest away. We can't go back. Yeah, that's certainly true. Um, I guess the idea is we recognize that we can't go back. Um, how do we make sure that, you know, as we build this essentially new industry that's, you know, ballooning, how do we make sure that it's it has the least um, negative impact on the environment, right? So Exactly. And um, so the, the code of conduct, you know, and that was put together by industry together with EU. It was kind of uh, everybody agreed to it. Um, why would mm -hmm. it have been... Why, if that became law, why do you think that would have been so disastrous? Well, it, it, the, the EU code of conduct doesn't just fit one size or one one kind of environment. And that's really part of the part of the issue. If that if that whole thing got translated into law, then you could have data center operators who have absolutely no control over the technology that's within their facility. So for example, a co-location provider cannot control what its customers put in, in terms of, in its racks in terms of servers and, uh, and technology. Yet it could have been legislated against because in the EU Code of Conduct, we say that 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 that, that um, equipment should be should be encouraged to be five star rated, you know, and it should be energy star rated and it should be and it should be efficient. And it, you know, but we can't actually control we can't tell our customers that. So if that becomes law, how do we as, as data center operators actually implement it? We can't. So there's there's nothing wrong with the EU code of conduct, but it can't necessarily apply to all environments. And that's the that's the, the, the problem. Um, and because if somebody sorry, go on. And and so and so it's that word encouraged is the difference here, right? Encouraged versus forced to mandated. Yeah, exactly. So what sort of regulations could the European data center industry potentially face had it been left up to the lawmakers in Brussels? 
Well, certainly there would have been there would have been stuff about rad power. Um, that was, I mean, that was one of our main concerns. You know, um, the the European uh, they have this thing called the um, European Training Scheme for, for for carbon credits, where you can buy carbon credits at the beginning of the year, and then if you're going to create more carbon, then you can you have to pay more and buy buy them from somebody who's who's going to use less, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Data centers are not subject to that scheme at the moment. Um, and that could have been quite bad for us. Another another way in which that that the um, the legislators had been looking was saying, well, okay, if you have the capacity to generate power, then uh, we want to legislate against you against you and and, and basically tax you on the, on on emissions. The problem with data centres is most data centres have generation capacity, but most of them don't run their generators very often. If, you know, they might run them to test them, but hopefully they never run them on, in in real real life. So. You know, we could have been taxed against something that, yes, we have the capacity to generate this power, but we're never going to do it. Um, you know, and and again, that was uh, you know a major concern. And it's not just about um, the, the the physicality; it's also about the technology, um, because you know there is this this program that, that is looking at, at technology and saying how can we make it more environmentally friendly, how we can make it more, more sustainable, etc., etc., etc. And that's great, but but for data center operators, uh, you've got to separate the technology from the facility because most data center operators, certainly co-location uh, operators, cannot control the environment, the, the, the technology that's within their environment. They can only control the environment that, 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 that supports it. Um, whereas if you went to certain other environments, like a hyperscale environment in some cases, they can control their, their technology. Um, if you go to a smaller operator, um, they may will just be providing managed services. Well, they can control what they're doing there. So, it, 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 and that's the problem. It's just it, it's too complex a, a, an industry to be able to say, well, here's a regulation, go, go work with it. And so, you mentioned um, some folks with the green agenda within the government. So, um, I'm curious how how this how do these things come about these ideas uh, in in the European Union or do you know if this push to regulate the industry came from elected officials uh, was it kind of on the staff professional level that this was happening um, what are the no, I think I think there? it largely comes from, comes from elected officials I mean the, there is a new European Parliament that came came in last year um, and that whole new Parliament I mean the very first thing they said was we want to make everything environmentally sustainable. Um, you know, and that that and it isn't it isn't just data centers they're looking at. I mean, they're looking at all industries, but they've specifically started to look at data centers because partly because we've become a bit better known about you know, and and the global pandemic has something to do with that. I mean, you know, the fact is that pretty much everybody nowadays knows what Zoom call is. Um, well, you know, that wasn't the case twelve months ago. Um, so the, the the officials are looking, going, oh, hey, about a minute, where's this Zoom calls all happening? What what's what's you know how's how's that work? So there's very much in the last twelve months been a been a much stronger um, focus on us because they've started to see us. So you know, at one point they just saw these data centres facilities that <coughs> excuse me that sat in the background. Um, and that, uh, you know, very few people knew, knew anything about them, and it was really for gamers, and that was about it. Um, they didn't see what the actual purpose of a data centre was um, because they had no reason to. But even even up to two or three years ago, um, if you start, started to try to talk to governments about data centres, they had no idea what you were talking about. They literally did not know what a data centre was or what it did or how it worked or whether we were dependent upon them. Um, so it's <clears> – <throat> and as they have become more – 
um, aware of them. That's when they've started to look at them and go, oh, actually, this is interesting. So the EU DCA learned that this was um, in motion or maybe being seriously considered. Um, what was the reaction? And you guys do a lot of lobbying. Um, what was what was your guys' initial we do, reaction? We do do a lot of lobbying, and that's really how we found out was was, was through the lobbying. Um, so um, you know, once we'd found out, what was the reaction within the EU DCA? Panic. <laughs> I mean, you know, really, um, you know, if the the idea of of People who and, and it does happen, uh, you know. I mean, people who legislate, uh, you know, drafting these laws that absolutely have no idea what they're talking about um, is just frightening. It's just, it's just absolutely frightening. So yeah, um, you know, I mean, panic was maybe a strong word, but but certainly fear. Um, you know, it, it, it we were worried. We we don't want. Um, you know, we're not we're not averse to being held responsible, but we don't want regulation to be something which constricts our ability to actually operate and our ability to, to, to grow as a business. And what was lobbying the EU on behalf of the data center industry like? Um, was there resistance? Was there understanding? Um, were there open doors or open ears in the government or none of that? Initially, uh, not so much so. Uh, initially, when we wanted to get a voice in there and say, actually, guys, look, we are we know about these data centers that you're talking about and we want to kind of come and help you and tell you about them. Um, initially, they were quite, they were, they, were, they were definitely not open doors. Um, now, completely different situations. So, and, and the way I normally describe this is when we first started as an association, we used to have to go and beg to be heard. Now, they will come to us and say, we're looking at this, what do you think of it? So there's a, you know, there, there has been a, a sea change of attitude towards us, which is great because it needed to be. What did it take to... To you know, to bring about that change, what happened? Really, it was it was it was just an evolution through through us keep going back and saying, look, guys, have you considered this, or do you realise what this what impact this will have? To them, to them, really, beginning to say, ah, oh, yeah, we we understand, you know, what what's going on here. We understand that that um, that, that these data centres report, and we understand that there's a body here who knows something about it. Um, so you know, and, and our board um, consists of well, consists of people from all over the industry, but but certainly we've got the main the, the major players on, on on the board. So you know, they 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 start to look and say, actually, you know, these, these this association knows something. So that was really sort of the 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 the, the point at which they started to think, well, actually, why don't, you know, let's make our life easier. Let's go and talk to them. So they now come and talk to us, which is fantastic. So it was a recognition that this this issue is uh, a lot more complex than then we can figure out on our own. And here's a source yeah. of expertise here. Yeah. You know, we've seen examples of companies self-regulating and making voluntary efforts to become carbon neutral. Um, by and large, data center operators are businesses where you know, profits matter ab above all else. Um, sustainability today appears to eat into profits, which means there's a strong business-driven force against sustainability. And the only way to correct release with regulation if there is a you know a business incentive to you know not regulate yourself or regulate yourself only you know to a point where it doesn't hurt your margins um, so w why do you think a voluntary pact created by the industry is the right solution here a solution to a big problem big real problem and that's you know becoming more urgent every day this solution you know it puts the industry's needs before the climate's it seems and the planet's needs this approach so, so it's an interesting it's an interesting question i mean i i i think 
I think that that's not necessarily the case anymore. I mean, I think that the, the major players certainly um, are seeing that actually doing a lot of these things that will improve their efficiency is actually helping their bottom line. But they don't operate most of the data, data centers. No, but it, it is happening elsewhere. It's happening quite a lot uh, across pretty much all data center operators are seeing that some of the things that they can do that will, that will make them more efficient are, are, you know, and make them more sustainable are actually good for their bottom line. You know, for example, and I mean, it's a really simple example, but it wasn't until a few years ago that, that, that operators started putting blanking plates in, in, in racks. You know, but then they realized that actually the cost of putting a blanking plate in a rack was nothing compared to the saving they made on, on power because they weren't having to cool. Their cooling was much more efficient. So, you know, there are, there, are, there are a lot of things that they can do that will help their bottom line. It's true, most data center operators are still driven by profits, but um, what they're seeing is that if they can do things that are sustainable and help them with their profits, then actually that, that's the reason that self-regulation works. It just, it seems like, you know, company, like big players like Google or Microsoft, and, and I'm talking about, sure, energy efficiency is a big deal, and, and but those are investments that uh, you need upfront. And if you can make those investments, eventually they're going to pay off because you're more energy efficient. You, you get more done, you pay for energy after all, and it makes business sense to use less sure. of it. Um, on the energy procurement side of things, it seems that only the biggest players are able to um, you know, buy, buy energy and trade energy on the wholesale market to somewhere make it work financially for them. Um, most data center operators, most of your enterprise data center operators don't have that capability. Um, yeah, there is kind of a movement into either into the cloud or into co-location facilities where these things are easier to do. Um, that's just not the case right now, the state of things. You know, most of the enterprise compute capacity still sits in old data enterprise data centers that are, you know, either inefficient or if they're efficient, there isn't... Um, a huge sophisticated approach to procuring um, renewable energy. So I guess the question is, you know, if, if there was, if there is recognition in the EU that this is a complex issue and this is a complex industry and you can't have one set of laws for everybody, um, do you think maybe we could, you know, take a year or two and draft really smart regulation where you will have, where you you know where you will have um, some sort of consequences for not doing the things that need to be done. Um, do I think they could do it? The pro so here herein lies one of the other problems with with regulating at a European uh, level. It isn't that you're making a regulation that that, that goes for everybody. There's 27 member states now. Um, you know, you can't have legislation that drives all data center operators into Finland because it's cold. The, the problem with the regulation, any regulation, is, is it's going to be different in any implementation of it is going to be different in different parts of Europe. Obviously, in Northern Europe, you know, in, in the Scandics, you've, you've, it is cooler and the geothermic power and there's lots of things that are good up there. Um, but that isn't to say that there aren't good things in Southern Europe, in, 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 in Spain and in, in Italy and places like that. And there isn't a, there is a need to, to in, in those countries. So... Uh, the, the, uh, any legislation is going to be so difficult to implement across the board. Um, now, yes, you could you could then sit there and say, well, okay, we'll draft regulation that, that differentiates between the north and the, and the south or, or whatever. But if you start doing that, then actually you've 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 completely walked away from your your outset. You're not doing European legislation. You're effectively doing in-country legislation. Um, so so. 
go back to your point about the 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 you know enterprise data centers they're not very efficient that's certainly true um are they um moving towards the cloud well i think that there has been um an exponential take up in cloud um uh, cloud adoption in the last 12 months and, and you know and a lot of enterprises are moving their stuff into co-location into or out into the cloud in some way so i think that 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 is happening will it get rid of data centers altogether enterprise data centers altogether of course it won't there's always going to be a need for something um and 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 there may be that there, that there are incentives placed on companies um for their sustainability and there's nothing wrong with that um, but but when you talk about the data center industry, which we're, we're talking really about co-location, hyperscalers, cloud, etc., um, then you know as an industry, if we self-regulate, if we get our house in order, um, and we can do that, you know, we can we can get our house in order. We can we can we can we can achieve these things that we've set out to do in the climate neutral data center pack. Um, you know that what, one of the things that we talked about a lot was what is achievable and what's not, because there's no point in in putting out something that says we're going to self-regulate. And having these key steps along the way, so we can be measured on, on our success. Um, you know, the, there's no point in doing that if you're not if you're going to fail. You know, there's no point in setting a target that you know you're never going to meet. Which I mean, that's that's the job of governments. Um, that's that you know what we need to do is set targets that we will meet. And I'm curious, Apple, Microsoft, Facebook. You know, they operate some of the largest data centers in Europe, and they weren't among the EU Pact signatories. I'm curious why that is. So. Um, a couple of other hyperscalers are AWS and Google did sign the pact. Um, do you know why Apple, Microsoft, and Facebook aren't part of it? Uh, I don't. I think. Well, I know we're still talking to Microsoft, um, and I suspect um, that we're still talking to the others as well. Um, I think it was it was it was really a, a point in time where we said, well, okay, you know, we've got to we've got to announce this pact. Um, who have we got signed up right now? Um, I don't think you'll find that that any of the hyperscalers, certainly to, to my certain knowledge. I don't think any of them don't want to sign up to the pact. It's just they hadn't at that point. I see. Okay. I, I thought maybe because, because, you know, they have their own uh, quite aggressive climate agendas and goals. And, and maybe I thought maybe they, if if this list of things that doesn't match to theirs, then it maybe doesn't make sense for them to sign up to it. So let's talk about the pact itself a little bit. It commits members to match 75% of their total energy use with renewable energy purchases by 2025 and 100% by 2030. And given that Google and Microsoft have now made these big commitments to moving beyond simple matching, which they had been doing to date and figuring out how to power data centers with renewables everywhere around the clock, which is really difficult, very complicated. Nevertheless, they kind of said, we're going to do this. We're going to figure this out. Um, so this pact seems to be kind of still kind of behind, given that these companies have already recognized that uh, to really address this problem, the matching isn't really the best way to go about it. So why not why, why not make the bigger, bolder commitment? Because again, as I said, it, it's better to set targets that you're going to actually meet. Um, you know, and and yes, it is complicated uh, to 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 actually buy sustainable or obtain sustainable power twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, wherever you are. I mean, it is complicated and it is a huge challenge. And not all operators have millions and millions to put to invest to try and to try and get there. Some operators, you know, are small operators. We've got we've got members in our in, in the association of I've got a twelve rack data center. Um, you know, there is no way that those people could could actually do that, but they can match. So let's give them a target that they can that they can meet, rather than the target that that they just would never meet. 
Um, and that's and that's really the point. Is this, this is a this is a set of a, a set of targets or a set of um, aims that that are achievable for all, not just for the elite. Because yeah, if I'm if I'm a Google or a Microsoft or or a, or a Facebook or, a, or an Apple, I've got you know billions to throw away trying to make this work, um, and I can dedicate large teams of people to, to to doing that. And I know some of those teams in some of those hyperscalers. Um, and, and that's great, but obviously, if you're a small operator sitting in 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 Cyprus or in 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 Ukraine or wherever, you just can't afford to do that. So you know, you've got to you. What we've got to do is make achievable targets. Are any enterprise data center operators part of the pact or part of the no. association? No, no, just all providers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's all provided. Okay, so the pact commits the industry to creating a new efficiency metric. Uh, what sort of metric will it be and why is it necessary? Okay, so that is a really good question that I don't know the answer to. Um, and the reason I don't know the answer is because we haven't yet come up with a metric. Um, you know, I, I think, I'd like to think that when we do it, will be it will be better than PUE. Um, PUE, when it was, when it was first um, drafted by the Green Grid, it was all about measuring your efficiency of your data center and then aiming to improve upon that efficiency. It was never the case that it was, it was designed to be a marketing tool that said, my PUE is better than your PUE, which is what unfortunately has happened. You know, and I see, I, I was actually at a conference a few years ago where somebody actually sat in the conference and somebody got a PUE of less than one, um, which is really clever. Um, but, but uh, you know, it, 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 because it's marketing, are used by marketing uh, departments, it's become less relevant because, you know, when somebody says to me, I've got a PE of 1.1, I don't believe them. If they've got lights on in their data center, and I'm not talking about it all 24 hours a day, but if they're using lights in their data center, if they've got just some fans for exchanging air, they're going to have more, their PE is going to be greater than 1.1. Um, so, you know, I, I just think it's become it's become a marketing tool that's abused all the time. So what I want to see, and I hope we'll, we'll come up with, is a metric that's more that is more robust in in terms of people can't abuse it. I mean, marketing departments always always abuse everything. You know, they've always got mine's bigger than yours, mine's smaller than yours, mine. But but we've got to, we've got to get a metric that, that that becomes a proper metric for measuring rather than a metric for for marketing. Okay, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. No problem at all.